Welcome to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damojaprapu from Silicon Valley, California. From coast to coast, let the wisdom begin so you can become a winner. Here are your hosts. Welcome Keith to the Winning Combo VJ. Sales and Marketing Success Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Washoe in Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, alongside my co-host, Vijay Damajaprapu in Silicon Valley. We have another special guest today on our 21st podcast, this time with a leading revenue generating executive with Will Barfield from Raleigh, North Carolina. Now, Will is the president and CEO of Barfield Revenue Consulting and is a proven sales and recruiting executive providing talent acquisition and placement, training and consulting services all around revenue generation. He helps companies hire key revenue, generating talent at all levels, and aids clients with identification of the shortest path to increased revenue. Will specializes in software, technology, and the staffing agency verticals, and brings over 20 years of experience across multiple industries. So Will, we are honored to have you to the podcast. Welcome. You happen to be our first guest from the HR recruiting and sales revenue generating space. So we're thrilled to have you. How are you doing today? Thank you, Keith and VJ. It's wonderful to be here with you. I'm doing well, super flattered at the invite and excited to uh, chat with you guys here this afternoon. Well, we're a special thanks to you, Will, for being here in the middle of a very busy and challenging time for your company. So we're super thankful that you're carving out a time in your schedule to help others as we get through this pandemic and these more challenging times. So big bow, big thanks, Will. And let's not forget our special guest who is the co-host, the co-host of all co-hosts from Silicon Valley. It's DJ Damachaprapu. How are you doing, DJ? Pretty good. I love your intro, man, Keith. Very good. And... By the way, a will, so revenue and consulting are the two top buzzwords that's ringing in my head right now, day and night. So I'm super thrilled and excited to speak with you. And I'm sure the audience will be looking forward to it as well. Thank you both. All right, then let's get started. Thank you for joining our podcast. It is now showtime. And today's 21st Winning Combo podcast, we're going to cover three power segments. First, we will lead off with a top quote to help you gain wisdom very quickly that you can apply to your work, especially related to getting through this kind of current pandemic that we're in. Secondly, Will will share a personal story so you can learn from his winning or past mistakes that you could utilize for your career to survive and thrive during these harder times. And lastly, Will will close with one key best practice takeaway that you can implement to your personal and professional life for some good results to help you come out on top during this crisis. So Will, thank you for taking a moment to join us for these uh, three segments here. Are, Are you ready to begin? Absolutely, Keith. All right, let's kick it off with the power quote. Will, we're curious to know what your quote is and what it means to you and why it's a favorite. Well, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, it really ties into the reason that I call the business Barfield Revenue Consulting because, you know, my 22 year career in sales so far, when I began on the recruiting side of that 15 years ago, it was very much about sales recruiting and sales placement. I was helping startup and emerging high growth tech companies, hire salespeople. And there was a a moment with one of my clients, they had landed a series B round of funding. 
they were getting ready to explode. And I had been helping hire salespeople for them. And we were in ramp mode. And I was puzzled because they shifted the uh, SDR, right? The sales development rep, kind of the lead gen department out of sales and put them under marketing. And I had, I had not done any work in the marketing department with this client. And I really hadn't done any work staffing marketing people before. And I was confused. And I was talking to the CEO and founder about what was going on. And I said, you know, why did you shift this, the sales development rep department under marketing? And how is that going to change what I'm doing? And he said, it's not going to change what you're doing. We're all focused on revenue. So it was, it was really about me understanding that it, there is no sales and marketing silo. They, they, they are separate. They really are things that work in concert. And when they're working in concert very well, they make beautiful music. And that's, that's how you grow a revenue organization. And that's why was really what began my work in, in both segments, sales and marketing, and, and really helped me with understanding uh, a whole lot more about the whole revenue spectra and how it ties together. Wow. Thank you, Will. You're the first guest to come on here and, and use a beautiful analogy of in working in concert and creating beautiful music when it comes to sales and marketing. I love it. I appreciate you kicking off with that quote that, hey, we're all in revenue generation. And we've always said on this podcast that marketing and sales work together like two wings of a dove. You need the left wing of sales and the right wing of marketing flapping together to fly high. And so we really appreciate that quote and that perspective. It's a mind shift. It's not a silo of sales and marketing. They're both in this together as one entity, as one body to drive revenue. So thank you. So Will, I guess the first question I have for you is, Maybe in your career, since you've been doing it for so long, have you seen an example where sales and marketing are really aligned and working good together where you've seen some kind of success happen because of that uh, Any versus a company that hasn't where you maybe seen it where it hasn't worked out? So maybe, just a, maybe just a little bit more depth on that where you've seen it. Uh, do you have anything that's come out, stand out in your mind? Great question, Keith. Thank you for that. I think you know when it comes to situations where they haven't, worked well together. It's really been about one versus the other wanting to own the credit and it, it trying to jockey for, you know, who's the more important department and where is budget going to go for hiring? And, you know, you've got a marketing leader who is, you know, putting together a good argument for adding headcount to their side of the business. And you've got Sales, if that's considered a separate department, arguing for budget and hiring on their side of the business. And you've got marketing saying, hey, you know what? If we weren't doing this outbound work and we weren't doing lead generation and these email campaigns and this SEO stuff, you know, then you guys wouldn't have these, this MQL flow, these marketing qualified leads coming in to feed your salespeople so they can tee up deals. And sales might say, hey, listen, that's all fine and dandy, but if we don't have salespeople in here to take these MQLs, reach out, book demos, and then close the deal, you know, there's no revenue there to be had to create the budget so you can hire more marketing people. And, you know, it's, I see that oftentimes when we're dealing with um, limited budget and a competition for dollars and, you know, who's going to get what resource first. 
And the organizations that understand that sales and marketing really are a unit and that if you've got a, you know, either a, a VP of sales and marketing, perhaps, or a chief revenue officer who sits over both of those, or maybe even it's the founder or CEO that, um, you know, both organizations report up to her or him. In those scenarios where there's a, a unified leader that can bring both departments together and say, listen, here's the deal. You know, this quarter, we're going to focus on a couple of hires over here. And if we can, you know, hit this revenue milestone at this point, then, you know, we'll be able to find some more dollars over here. But, you know, make it a, a unified conversation about revenue creation and how it, like you said, the two wings of a dove flapping together, as opposed to anybody needing to own the credit or anybody needing to get, you know, their team staffed up first or faster we're all in the same race, particularly if you're inside, you know, one company that's, you know, on a, on a growth trajectory that's very exciting. I mean, we're going to cross the finish line together. It really isn't about, you know, who did what better than the other. Yep. Thank you for that, Will. Great, great point. We had uh, one of our guests was Mark Adams, uh, who is the, was the VP of sales and marketing when I was at Creative Labs. And we'd have our sales and marketing team roll up and report into him and have team meetings. So that was an example where I've seen it work in my own career. So thank you for that. So let's turn it over to VJ. VJ, what say you? Any thoughts or questions for Will here? Yeah, great uh, story there, Will. I think the fact or the story and the key takeaway that you mentioned, which is SDR can be in marketing, no harm in that. But the key message is at the end of the day, it's marketing and sales working in unison, right? And that's a great message. And for me personally, it's very close to my heart because when I was leading a marketing team in one of the startups earlier, so there was always a debate on where the SDRs should be sitting in. Is it marketing or sales, right? And I made an argument for why SDR should be sitting in the marketing team. But the end, at the end of the day, it's all about qualifying the MQLs and passing the right leads so that the sales team and the account executives can have a higher closing rate. It's all about that metric, but... It only will happen when we are working hand in hand. So thank you for reminding the audience about that key best practice. Absolutely. All right. So Will, anything else to share on that quote? Or do you think you're ready for the next part of the podcast? Keith, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that. All right. Let's move on to the next part of the podcast, which is the power story. This is an opportunity for all you listeners out here to listen to Will share a really fascinating personal story where he's learned a lesson that he'd like to now impart that personal story lesson to you. So Will, take it away. We're curious to learn more about your personal story. Wow. So thank you, Keith. And I, I think one of the things that you mentioned more than once at the beginning of the podcast about, you know, the pandemic, you know, the, the global impact, the thing that, you know, with the virus that we're all dealing with that has spared no one, no individual, no business uh, has been able to, you know, escape what's happening to the United States and to the rest of the world with regard to um, this global viral nightmare. And, uh, you know, I got a thousand stories that I could come up with. And I think because that's so relevant, right? And that's, that's 
in everyone's mind and impacting everyone's day to day right now. I'll, I'll, I'll craft my story around that, make it something very recent. I've been in the business of generating revenue for 22 years. I've been a, I was a sales rep outside B2B, bag carrying, hunter prospector, local cold calling sales guy for 19 years. For 16 of those 19 years, I led others. So I had hired, trained, fire over my own rep teams for over a decade and a half. And then I've been in the recruiting industry for 16 years and I've been working with founders and sales and marketing leaders for you know that almost that entire span of time on on hiring these revenue impacting people right in sales marketing customer success training sales ops etc and for that entire span of time there wasn't a single week a single week in 15 years where we didn't have an incredible amount of work and all kinds of opportunities flowing in. And I you know, felt really, really proud that we had created a business that solved revenue pain for emerging high growth companies. And I heard time and time again from people I talked to, there's a bunch of staffing agencies that do IT and there's a bunch of staffing agencies that do accounting and finance, but I've never encountered a staffing agency that just focuses on revenue. And you know, it was an amazing run. It's an amazing run. And the business is doing fine. And, you know, we're making it through this pandemic right now. But, and I, I went through 08, 09. I went through that downturn. I've survived a, a economy where you are dealing with job loss and uh, hiring freezes and furloughs and all those things. And, you know, I went through four consecutive quarters of being down 25% revenue or so against year prior and, and having to, you know, pivot the company and, you know, get through that. And, and we came out of it. One of the things that never suffered during that period of time was people hiring revenue generators, even when the economy was down in the, at the last economic collapse, people were still bringing on folks that it could impact revenue sooner, earlier, and or faster than they were other positions that might just be cost centers. But this pandemic, this situation, what we are all facing now, all of us, but in particular, my industry is unprecedented is a word that's thrown around a lot, but that doesn't even do it justice. It has been unbelievable. And it has impacted the way that companies are handling their staff and the way that they are thinking about hiring, even in the revenue space, really in a space that I felt almost invincible. Uh, and I'm not, and we aren't, and no one's being spared. And, you know, we went through a loss of significant impact in our business where a remarkable amount of our revenue from our clients vanished in the span of a couple of weeks. Once the pandemic hit and, you know, companies started to go through hiring freezes and put stuff on hold and retract, right? Do the prudent things that you have to do when you're trying to make sure that you can shelter your company through what looks like it's going to be a slimmer period. And it, it was not only something that I wasn't prepared for, but really something that 
no one could have prepared for. And I, I don't think that companies, there's if any contingency plan for revenue almost being completely cut off. And it, I learned a whole lot in the last 30 days. Uh, one of the things that I learned was that, you know, I, although my business card has CEO on it, and although my website says that I'm the president and CEO of the company, that, that title is true, but boy, I'm still an operator. And I had to jump right back in and operate this company and steer it through this period where revenue is something that may be on everyone's mind, but at the moment, they don't have the revenue available to them to spend it on outsourced recruiting and agencies and really a lot of other vendors. Everybody's being hit by this downstream. So uh, I think the, the story here for me, for the audience is I have, I've forgiven myself for the inability to prepare for something that you cannot prepare for. I mean, we all talk about worst case scenarios, right? But there, I've never seen anything like it. And I don't believe there is a worst case scenario than this for small business. But what it has taught me is that we will rebound and that even in situations where revenue is constricted, you can find creative ways to save money. You can find uh, aggressive ways to cut costs. You can find um, opportunities amongst the ashes if you look and pay attention uh, and you can find a way with good relationships and good connectivity to get your business, any business through a very difficult period. We, um, some of the best advice I got from one of my mentors when I was telling him what was going on was, Will, cut cost as quickly as you can and as deeply as you can. Shelter your company if you're looking at a situation with significantly reduced revenue, you've got to cut cost and conserve the cash and ride through it, right? So that was great advice. It really helped me make some very difficult decisions. In addition, I started to really think about industry sectors where my friends were that were potentially less impacted by this dy- dynamic and maybe even benefiting from it and found some work out there for us in places like e-learning and telemedicine and mobile messaging, you know, areas where people are going to, when they are sequestered, right, quarantined, they're still going to need to access things like distance learning and remote opportunities for communication with uh, doctors and other things. And the third thing was, Everyone who I'm talking to, even my clients who have put things on hold, have said the first thing we're going to do when the economy snaps back is we're going to hire people that generate revenue because we're going to have to get some dollars coming in the door as soon as possible. So we're just sitting here waiting for that pinch in the hose to get released so that we can uh, get back to doing beautiful business and helping as many people as possible onboard revenue generators as quickly as they need to. Wow. Wow. What a th- thank you, Will, for being vulnerable and open and honest and transparent and sharing your personal story about what you've been going through with your company during this pandemic and crisis. It's definitely, you can feel the weight of your story. Uh, what's 
sitting on the back of all of our minds is questions, a little bit of anxiety. But yeah, at the end of the day, you still have hope and optimism and you're still looking for opportunities to uh, learn. And I really appreciated the, the emphasis you made on CEO, which is the O standing for operator and the operation of your business has become front and center during this. And you have to roll up your sleeves just like any like you're used to when you mentioned carrying the bag in your career. This is a carrying the bag moment for all of us. And that's okay. It helps us get stronger, builds us more grit. And I appreciate Will, you mentioned in your story about the key to forgiveness. Forgiving yourself if you feel like guilty that you could have done something better. Forgiving yourself that you're doing the best you can and no, no one was really prepared for this. So thank you for that. And the optimism of we will rebuild, we'll find creative ways to get through this. We can innovate. Uh, there's opportunities amongst the ashes, as you said. And I really, really like, Will, your analogy of a pinch of the hose. We are, Our hose is pinched, but the hope and aim for all of us is the release of that pinch and for this things to economy to flow through like fresh water pumping through a hose ready to water the garden. And so we're all hoping for that. And it's good to know that the revenue generating people will be in need then. All right, Will, real quick question. Any company specifically for our listeners that you have noticed as hiring? You mentioned the verticals of e-learning, telemedicine, mobile messaging. Any names of companies that are out there that are actually still hiring? So some of the uh, companies that I have seen, and I'm going to mention folks, and they've they may or may not be clients, you know, uh, now or later. Uh, but, you know, in, in terms of people I've seen busy, right, making good announcements that appear to be successfully finding ways to win, you know, bandwidth.com here in town, right? They had a huge announcement about a thousand jobs on the way and a new national headquarters. And they're in that, you know, messaging, uh, text to telephony space. They're doing very well. They are someone that I have worked with in the past and have friends over there and a great deal of respect for that organization. Um, we have a client that we work with called Rely MD, and they are in the uh, mobile phone uh, medical space. So it's, you know, when, instead of going in and seeing a doctor in person, uh, you can, you know, have your appointment by phone through use of their app. And they are someone that we were doing some hiring with right up until uh, the impact of uh, this situation hit. And they're someone that is going to be one of the first ones out of this. The only real constriction for them right now is their clients, which are healthcare providers, are really busy with you know patient care. So they've got a lot of things in um, the pipeline that will come through as soon as that pinch is released, right? But that telemedicine space is a great place to be. We've got a client in the e-learning space called Elucidot. And they are a UK-based firm that has opened up an office in uh, Raleigh-Durham. And we staff some salespeople for them. And uh, they have continued to interview with us through this uh, process. They're slowing it a little bit and being cautious. But they are in a, you know, online learning and training realm, as I mentioned earlier, and, and they're one that uh, has been a solid client and you know we'll, we've kept activity flowing in the face of all this. So there's some examples, right, that speak to you know what I brought up earlier. Thank you, Will. And thank you for all you're doing, not only for companies, but for people who are looking for work. You've been a really good friend to many, and I want to acknowledge that. Uh, VJ, any questions or thoughts for Will on, on his story? Well, uh, first of all, 
thank you for sharing a very vulnerable and very personal story. I think that means a lot. I mean, for me personally, just listening to your story, I was completely moved and touched. And I'm sure the audience will be feeling the same. I really appreciate what you've done there. And you actually highlighted quite a few important points, right? Given the circumstances that all of us are going through, it's clearly tough days for many of us. And the first thing that you highlighted is, first of all, forgiveness. Forgiveness because you tried your best, but you still couldn't predict or act or resolve this situation and scenario quickly. That, that's first. And you also highlighted the fact and the importance of having faith, resilience, an unwavering faith. I think that's key. And you also mentioned about empathy. So all three terrific values that each of us should build in good days, as well as in these tough days that all of us are going through. Uh, but that also reminds me of uh, one of our guests who came earlier, who mentioned about a ritual that he practices, which is looking at his younger self picture to motivate himself to give his best every day. So my question to you, Will, is do you have any rituals that uh, you want to share with the audience that they can practice and build those characteristics that you mentioned, which is around forgiveness, faith, and even empathy? Great question. Um, you know, I uh, one of the best decisions that I made when I started this company was that I started it with my wife who is my business partner and she owns a company. So I work for her. <laughs> so that's a sign of my intelligence uh, that I uh, uh, not only do I have a, a wonderful life partner, I have a great business partner and um, you know, I, I, she is my boss in all aspects of everything. Um, and I say <laughs> that, uh, you know, with a, a wink there and a smile. Um no, I th she'll tell you that we're a very interesting yin and yang. You know, I, I am absolutely the eternal optimist and the glass half full and, and the silver lining on the cloud. And, you know, she's really awesome about, you know, stepping into someone else's shoes and giving me alternative perspectives and being a devil's advocate and, you know, looking for holes and, and you know, what I'm presenting to her to try and help me you know, get a 360 degree view of what's going on instead of just having the sales guy's hat on because it takes a certain personality and a certain kind of internal wiring to, to choose to be in sales for a career, right? Because we are electing at that point to take on the pressure of knowing that if we don't perform, it impacts our income. It impacts our livelihood. You know, we, we've got some gambler in us because we're willing to bet on ourselves and we're willing to bet that, you know, that we're going to get some wins in there and, and we don't mind the uh, risk of variable income. And there's also a certain personality that takes to be in sales and to hear no, the number of times you hear no, and they get knocked down on the mat, the number of times you get knocked down on the mat to get back up and say, the next one will be a yes or Next time he swings, he's going to miss, and I'm going to hit him. I mean, it just is. You you've got to be just a little bit of crazy in order to want to do that every day, right? So, my ritual really, I just get up in the morning very early. I like getting up early. I'm, I'm much more productive early in the morning than I am late in the day. I go upstairs in the office where it's quiet. You know, I'll open up my laptop. 
I've usually left for the morning the things that weren't four alarm fires in the day before that I can attend to, think, and you know, give some some quiet attention to um, early in the morning that is harder to do during the day when things are flying around. But before I get going with my day, I will uh, look at the um, picture of my wife and the picture of my girls uh, on my desk and. You know, make sure that I focus on providing, you know, and I think about, you know, my team and uh, the folks on our staff and, and their families. And I think about the, uh, the folks that are depending on us and this company and that we're providing for and that centers me. And then I think about the fact that we are in a unique business because it's not like I'm selling a product to a person and then, you know, I, that person buys that product and they're grateful that they have that thing and then they move on. And that I'm in one of the few sales careers where there's two winners in every scenario. There's happy on both sides of the equation because if I help Keith find an awesome job, not only is the person who hired Keith super happy with me that I brought them some wonderful talent and they're going to use me again, but Keith is also super happy that I found him a really cool job. And if he needs me again, he'll come back to me, but he's also probably going to tell other people, hey, if you need a great recruiter, reach out to Barfield Revenue Consulting. They can help you find a cool revenue related job. So I also think about the wonderful role that our company plays in helping people in both directions make a really neat match and help companies hire amazing talent and help folks who are looking for that next amazing job find it. And that kind of meeting point of joy uh, where there's, you know, explosions of positivity, you know, backwards and forwards is really what motivates me to do what I do every day, which at the end of the day is to try and provide for my family and to try and build a company and a culture where, you know, my, my staff and, and their families are, you know, provided for as well. That's fantastic. Well, I mean, it clearly shows the rituals and how deeply it's ingrained in your mindset. And it clearly will show up at your workplace every day. I think what you just articulated is a beautiful rendering of visualization earlier, very early before any one is actually working where you have a quiet time. So that's a very wonderful tactic that you shared, but a very key practice. So thanks once again for sharing this. And uh, it clearly shows you're a very good man at heart and I uh, hope everything works out for you and your team very well. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Will. Thanks for sharing that uh, basically wonderful, wonderful insights there. Now we'll go to the closing takeaway. Will, this is a chance for you to share a best practice that you found golden for yourself that would be helpful advice to our listeners. Is there a best practice you'd like to close with today? Yes, and it's simple. And it it, it is sales related, but not salesy. Um, I think one of the, the things that has separated us from the competition has not been because we are better or um, more skilled or have you know greater conviction or a bigger heart than somebody else. I mean, I've encountered thousands and thousands and thousands of human beings in, in my sales career and in my recruiting career, and I'm you know fortunate to know 
a lot of wonderful people. And VJ, I've not met you personally, but I hope to at some point. Keith, uh, you know, I, I knew right out of the gate that you were spectacular and uh, that I, I wanted to stay close to you because you, you try to, you try to, you know, give more than you ask for. But I, I'd say the takeaway would be this. Do not say that you're going to do something and then fail to follow through. And that is, that's a life tenant, but it also is a very important sales tenant. I, I had a, an interaction with a young man today. He's a candidate that's uh, in the mix for us for an, an opportunity. And, you know, the, the client situation has been fragmented and interrupted because of uh, COVID. We thought we were going to lose the job. Um, and they, you know, after you know, several days of quiet, the client rebounded. The staffer on my team who was working with him on this position, that person's ability to, to work for me has been impacted by COVID, right? So the, the virus has hit me a couple different ways. But I shot him a note this morning and checked in with him and said, I'm, listen, I'm sorry, Justin, that I haven't you know, been able to reach out to you in several business days. There's a lot going on. But I did want to let you know that I heard from the client last night and that they are interviewing again and that we're going to pull you right back into the mix. And I know you haven't heard from us, but, you know, we're on it. Please don't worry. And, you know, I had let him know several days ago that he'd hear from us, but I didn't know when it would be. And he got back to me and he said, you know, I came to you guys because I was referred to you by a friend who said she had a wonderful experience with the firm. And he said, the fact that you made the effort to reach out to me just to communicate that things were still happening and that you over communicated, but in doing so, we're following through on a promise that you made to keep me apprised of what's going on just reinforces what a good organization that you have and why you are, are the best in town. So that wasn't, I didn't lift the earth. I didn't get the guy a job offer. I just did what I said I was going to do. People don't forget that. And in a situation where we're dealing with something like this virus, right? Coronavirus and COVID, you know, and, and every, all the shrapnel that is being created by this, you know, explosive global issue. When everybody is so distracted and so fragmented and so scared, if, if you will just do the simple things like communicate and follow up and follow through and do what you promised, even if it's small, people won't forget that you are good to your word. And when things get better, they will run to you. And the business and opportunity and goodwill will flow to you just because you did the simple things that you, you should do every day, but that's hard to do in a normal time in practice because we're all busy. And it's even harder to do when you're dealing with a situation like we're all facing right now worldwide. Yeah. Thank you, Will. It's, I love that uh, best practice. It can be boiled down to the quote, do what you say, say what you're going to do. And just having the integrity to follow through and deliver on the actions. And it reminds me of that simple quote that it's attention to the details. And the other way of saying it, oh, the devil is in the details. As a young pup, I never really understood the devil in the details, but now I get it as I've gotten more mature that the devil in the details is that little devil. If you don't do the little things right, like following up and doing what you say you will do, that devil will get you. It'll hurt your credibility. It'll hurt your integrity. And so you got to 
do the follow-up. And when I came back from a trade show, the consumer electronics show, when I was a young pup in my sales career, the CEO came over to me and said, Keith, how was the show? I said, it was great. I got so many awesome business cards. He's like, Keith, the key to your success now is going to be to follow up, follow up, follow up. And so thank you for that, Will. VJ, what say you? Any questions or thoughts for Will? Yeah, I think that's a terrific best practice. And it actually reminds me of my younger days when my boss said something to that effect, which just with which Will just shared, which is always follow through in follow through on what you say, because at the end of the day, that's what will build your brand, build your credibility and build relationships. And on the flip side, if anyone are out there is pursuing this mindset or having this mindset of, hey, let me just jump onto the next shiny thing, that's typically what causes people to not deliver. And that's the problem. So best practice is stick to one thing, deliver and see the magic happen. All right. Thank you. Will, really quick before we conclude the podcast here and go into our concluding summary. Uh, did, do you have a process or something you do that helps you achieve this? Do what you say, say what you're going to do. Do you, have, do you just take notes? Do you have a calendar? Just curious if you have a, a quick one minute process that you maybe give a recommendation to the audience. Well, definitely have a calendar. I, I put reminders on there all the time to keep me honest. I will intentionally leave emails unread so that I know, and or flagged, right? So that I know what I have to get back to. I will also take handwritten notes and uh, I'm a notorious sticky pad guy. I know I need crutches, but um, you know, it, it is so easy to let something slide and say, I'll get to that later or um, you know, I'll, I'll get back to them. But you know, I know that if I don't help myself with all the electronic technology that's available to us that makes it easy, uh, but even with some of the you know old-fashioned pen and paper stuff that you know I can stick to my screen and make sure it's right in front of my face, uh, I have to help myself remember all the things that I've promised people I would do because there's a lot of asks of all of us during the course of the day, but the person that ask you to do that one thing, they don't know, nor do they care that 19 other people ask you for something. They just know that they asked for something. And if you don't deliver it, then, you know, they carry away an impression that as you guys both noted can damage the brand. And I've worked too hard for too long to let that happen. So reminders on my phone, unread emails marked on my laptop, and then sticky notes everywhere I can put them. Um, and you know, help me help myself remember to do what I said I was going to do. Thank you, Will, for sharing that very practical advice. Appreciate it. And thank you for sharing the wisdom around the three power segments. We got your quote, we got your personal story, the best practice. So thank you for that. We're now going to share with the listeners our concluding summary of the show to help recap some of the key points worth remembering and learning and applying today. We'll have VJ lead off. I'll share any additional color needed and Will will give you the final word. So VJ, why don't you go ahead and give our listeners the closing summary here? Yeah, the closing summary, the top Top three as always. So the top three takeaways for the audience. Number one, no silos, marketing and sales is one team. Second, always have faith that'll keep you going even during the darkest days. And third is always follow through on what you say. Thank you, VJ. And I'll, I'll share also, Will, I really appreciate it today in this podcast, you talking about the importance on focusing on providing value and providing value 
both for your company and for your clients and the joy that you bring to them and the joy that you get in seeing happy people, whether it's your people finding a job or the companies being hired. And folks, at the end of the day, it's about giving that value. And I really, really liked uh, how you fact you said that your wife is the boss and that you have your company structured that way, which is a beautiful way of sharing the importance of partnership and collaboration and respect. So thank you for that. And then of course, I really valued your story of being authentic about the challenge and the hard time in these unprecedented times that you've seen and how you opened up to talk about the importance of being an operator, rolling up your sleeves, importance of forgiveness, forgiveness of yourself, and the fact that you're opportunistic, that we will rebound and we could do it by being creative, innovative, and looking for opportunities among the ashes. So thank you so much for this amazing podcast. Will, we're gonna give you the final last word. Is there anything we miss? Anything else you wanna say? Uh, you didn't miss a thing. You guys put a, a bow on it beautifully. Um, and you know th- what I would say here at the close for everyone listening is you know just what you echoed there. If you do the right thing, you follow through on what you say you're going to do, and you focus on what drives you, and you you don't lose faith. We will all make it through this. My company will. You guys and uh, will we will resurface and we'll be better and stronger and certainly wiser as a result. So it's a scary time, but I'm choosing to meet fear with action and just fight my way through it. Love it. Meet fear with action. Rise and survive and thrive. Thank you, Will, for being part of the Winning Combo podcast. It's an absolute honor and joy to have you here. And it's always great to have a fellow Research Triangle Park leader uh, share wisdom. Where can someone learn more about you and your company, Will? So they can visit barfieldrevenue.com and get all kinds of information on the company. There's access to some blog content there. There's access to some podcasts that I have done. And then you can always find us on LinkedIn, on the LinkedIn business. You can find us on Facebook. We have a business page there. We've got an Instagram page. We uh, tweet. And, you know, we're always trying to, you know, communicate out there into the ether. But, yeah, barfieldrevenue.com is a, is a good place to start. Well, thank you, Will. You're a phenomenal guest. Thanks for being part of our 21st Winning Combo podcast. And we want to thank all you listeners today for listening to the Winning Combo. We hope you've enjoyed it and that it's helpful to your career. And thank you, uh, Will, for taking time. And uh, yes, absolutely look forward to meeting you in person in the future. And for all you listeners, stay tuned for the next show and follow the Winning Combo on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, keep learning and keep winning. Thanks for listening to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damojaprabhu from Silicon Valley, California. Stay tuned for the next show and follow The Winning Combo on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook for free content and the latest podcast episodes to help you be a winner.